You're so clean. The fact that you're usually dressed like Seth Rogen, you just need to catch a dick and forget about your troubles. It crushes my soul. It's Euphoria Season 1. Welcome to the Center Cut. I'm Dave. And I am Michael. And today we're going to be bad. We're going to do all the drugs, have all the sex, and go to all the high school dances. Well, yeah, maybe not the last one. I don't know if we should be going to high school dances, but it is going to be euphoric. Oh, yes, it is. Doing all that stuff. And we're also going to be recapping the ends of Euphoria Season 1. We watched the first episode and last episode only. And then we have some questions to help us guess about the middle. This show made me sad. This was a weird show. This is not what I expected this show to be in many ways. Agreed. I don't dislike it. I also don't love it. But we will talk about it. Oh, yeah. Of course we will. Euphoria is an American teen drama written by Sam Levinson. Premiered on HBO in June of 2019. Currently finished up its second season here uh, relatively recently. It stars a bunch of folks, but honestly, Zendaya is the only one that anyone cares about. Yep. 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Won a few Emmys, including Best Actress or whatever for Zendaya. But there's a lot to get covered, so let's just get after it. There is. So we will start with the first episode, aptly titled Pilot. I hate when they're boring and they just call it Pilot. Come on, guys. Well, we open to Fetus Zendaya coming out the womb, already cursing Leslie, her mom. Already pissed. <laughs> it's a theme. Zendaya is Rue, and she was born three days after 9-11. That's not even in my notes because I never forget. (laughs) (laughs) We flash to younger Rue. We learn she has OCD, already starting on the pill train, and then further in the future sometimes has panic attacks, which she refers to as dying. Plus all the other tribulations of being a preteen in the social media landscape, you know, feeling too fat. And getting DMs like, I'm going to rape you, cunt. Yeah, what the hell? People are shitty. And, and every time I think shitty people are being eradicated by the New World Order, I play VR ping pong in the morning before work, and some 14-year-old calls me the N-word. I'm not even a teenage non-white girl like Rue. I would probably need to pop pills, too. Wow, really? That's crazy that you're exercising. <laughs> Glad that's your takeaway. <laughs> There is a shot of Rue walking outside with her sister Gia after popping a Xanax, and it's crooked like she's on lean, which I kind of thought was pretty cool. The filming of the show is top notch. Yeah, the all the different stuff that they do when she is high and they're like trying to portray that state through what we're seeing is pretty incredible. Yeah, it's really, really awesome. That is definitely yeah. the selling point of the show. Now... We see a montage of all of her debauchery, snorting, drinking, sucking down pills, smoking, repeat, repeat, repeat. How is she not actually dead is the real question. Young. She's young. She does that shit when she's 28 and she's dead in a heartbeat. Dead. No, I mean, we, we talked about it. I This is another example of the, the show being artsy, and, and I mean that in a good way. But the scene of her face changing colors while she narrated about chasing the high was it was just cool. It was just cool. The cinematography in this was pretty unreal. Yeah. So we got the title card and then flash forward to present ish times the summer before junior year as Rue exits rehab on the drive home. She sees Jules riding a bike. 
Jules is new in town and she will be a pivotal part of the story. Mm-hmm. Rue then goes to see Fezco, a fuckboy with the put on, I'm a white boy, but I think I'm hood voice outside a convenience store, which is apparently just a, a front for some drug dealing. Fez is my second favorite character. I didn't like him in this first scene, but then I grew to like him. I've just, I've known a lot of those white boy ghetto men. You would. They're not my favorite. Rue ain't about to stay clean, obviously, and she gets some shit from a kid inside, Ashtray, and it's Stan from Umbrella Academy. And this is now the third different thing we've seen with him in it. This kid's blowing up. I really think he's our first three-timer, which is crazy since he's also like one of the youngest actors. <laughs> I think just popping up in three different things. He's the only one I can think of. We've had a bunch of two-timers, but... Incredible. So Rue gets some new-ish from Ashtray, and outside she sees Nate Jacobs leaving after loading up his truck with booze for a party. King douche, QB of the football team, Nate Jacobs. What a dick. This guy, yeah. I would say that he sucks dicks, but like he might actually suck dicks. <laughs> so yeah, so you can't really say that, huh? <laughs> yeah, I just, I have zero sympathy for this white privileged, I can do whatever I want, dickhead. Yeah, that like really drives me crazy when people are like that. They just assume that they can just do whatever the fuck they want and nothing, nothing bad will ever happen to them. <sighs> what makes me even more mad is like usually nothing bad does happen to them, which is even more infuriating. Accurate. Rue mentions how Nate tried to essentially digitally abuse her freshman year. Finger digits, not number digits. And then as he's driving off with his quote-unquote friend, McKay, we shift to his perspective, and he runs Jules and Bike off the road as he shouts, How about you come and ride on this dick? McKay, the nicest, best character in this whole show, (laughs) and he doesn't even show up in episode two. Nope. And Nate is the 14-year-old ping pong player, and I can't wait to see him cry later. And Jules... Two-pound leg is bruised up pretty bad. Real bad. She found some grass. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) We cut to her in bed scrolling through dudes on some find-a-fuck app. They're all douchey and saying things like, I like it rough or I want to ruin you while holding their burrito-sized cocks. Mm, Lots of penises. Lots of men taking pictures of their abs and mirrors. Mm -hmm. Very bad. Yeah. And finally, she lands on Dominant Daddy, who's showing off his old abs with the tagline that reads, Sweet and gentle. I'm a sucker for twinks and femboys. And I should have caught this the first time through. I didn't. I got to be honest with with everyone listening. I feel stupid for not realizing, but I did not know that Jules was trans until the finale. I cannot <laughs> fathom how you missed it. I Yeah. Absolutely crazy. So we cut to Maddie, King Douche Nate's on-again, off-again girlfriend, getting ready for the party with Kat and some other chick, BB. Maddie's just chilling with her tits out. Why not? She's really worried about her areolas. Yeah. If I wasn't such a grower, I'd walk around with my dingling out constantly. But alas. Yeah. They're talking about how they all need to just catch some dick at the party. Yo, where these girls be at when I was in high school? Right? <laughs> where? What? How did I miss all this? Sh- all of this? How did I miss everything? I was just like a weird nerd who never saw or experienced anything like that at all. Well, here's the thing. Here's my here's my here's my theory. I think this did happen in every high school with pockets of people, but those pockets of people have all since died. Probably. (laughs) But back to Rue, she gets home and Leslie rightfully wants to drug test her. I hate how I'm always on the parents' side when I watch teen shows like this. This and Outer Banks. They don't want you to fuck your life up, kid. Not even just this and Outer Banks. Like, I was on Mr. Hand's side for most of Fast Times. Like, (laughs) get it together, Spicoli. 
I feel like they are just purposefully making the wrong decision all the time. <laughs> yeah. And like, listen, I get that Leslie is not a great parent. Yes, she played a hand in getting you on the shitty path. I can see that. I can understand it. I get it. But you still you can't get mad at her for putting up guardrails to protect you now. Yeah. 100%. You try you like fucking almost died. If you expect to come home from that and then just for your mom to be like, yeah, go do whatever. Have a blast. <laughs> no way. Yeah. I wouldn't even let you leave the house. I don't know. I, again, maybe it's just because I'm I am a parent now, but uh, no, I'm totally with you. But I'm of parent age. I'm just not a parent. <laughs> yeah, that's a parent. I fucking knew you were going to do that. <laughs> so Rue outlines the ways to beat a drug test and settles on getting some clean pee from her childhood friend Lexi, who's played by Judd Apatow's daughter Maud. I noticed that too, but I like Lexi's character a lot. It just the scene hit close to home for me because my dad made me do that before when I was a kid. He had me piss in those little film canisters so he could pass a, a test to get hired for some one of his long line of warehouse jobs. So like I felt weird about it even <sighs> then, and I just don't like watch. I just don't like watching it now because it reminds me of how shitty it was. I can't even. Your dad. I'm so sorry that we need to <laughs> we need to discuss this on our podcast. But are you okay? Like your dad made you pee. In cups so he could pass drug tests to get jobs. Correct. Man. But I'm relatively normal now. Ish. Relatively. It's clear that there were mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Rue does get Lexi's pee and passes her mom's test, but not before being forced to reminisce about her overdose. (sighs) Drug use aside, Rue's a manipulative liar and... I'm just supposed to feel bad for her because her dad died and she has OCD. Negative. It's just not passing my vibe check. We all got shit, man. Just love and kindness. That's what overcomes love and kindness, not designer drugs and parties hosted by Nate fucking Jacobs. I agree. But I, I do also, I do feel for Rue in that all of the things that, that she had to deal with mentally. Like when they went to the doctor with her as a kid, they like listed off like four or five different things. Like it wasn't just OCD. It's like Fine. OCD and bipolar and all kinds of different stuff. Plus then her, then her dad dies and everything. Like I agree that everyone has to go through stuff, but not quite everyone has to go through that much stuff. Sure. I, I guess I agree with you, but would you also agree? She's a manipulative liar. Is drugs the answer? No. But I think that she is a manipulative liar in order to get drugs because that's what she feels like is the only way to escape her mind. Fine. When she's not on drugs, I don't think she's a manipulative liar. Fine. It was only when she was trying to like get money for drugs or, or get out of getting in trouble for drugs or anything drug related. I can agree with that. I still am not a huge Rue fan. I do feel like there's a certain part of you that definitely feels for her but at the same time you're i mean you're right like she's choosing to do this she keeps getting clean and then chooses to keep going back and it's like right you're making that choice like you came home after your rehab and you your mom said like i'm so proud of you this is a new beginning and everything and then you made the choice to immediately go get more drugs like Mm -hmm. that was a choice that wasn't a like addiction or anything like at that point you're over the addiction that was a choice for you to go maybe not over the addiction but enough where you could have on your way yes yeah Anyway, moving that aside, we see Jules shoot up some estrogen, and I can see a PP in their underwear, and I I don't understand how I missed that the first time. But what I will don't say, know. well, but here's what I will say: I love that they intro Jules as a character first, just the new girl in town, and the fact that she 
is trans wasn't the defining characteristic or the first thing you learn. That, I think, is what representation should look like. Media shills, tick note. And also wasn't even explicitly said explained or referenced at all at least in our first episode that we watched so it's like a whole episode the the show is just like this is normal which it is it should be and it is annoying when shows make a point of like pointing it out right it's like here's the trans character like we did yeah just (laughs) yep yeah so i really i really really loved that this is two shows in the last like month and a half that we've covered that have handled the the trans situation pretty great i'm excited to see that that's finally happening in media Mm mm-hmm so as Forever by Labyrinth plays, we see Jules make it to the motel that Dominant Daddy is staying at. But before we see what's inside, we cut away to McKay's house where all the football goons are pre-gaming shirtless. Why are they not wearing shirts? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. I don't know. I can say, I guess, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the thing to do because this is the second thing we've watched in a row now that it's like the thing to do is take off your shirt. Right. Like I was Spicoli's favorite thing to do. Yeah. If you got it, flaunt it. Well, yeah, but okay. Yes. But there was, there was one boy in this group <laughs> of boys that did not have it and should not have been flaunting it. He had man titties about just as big as mine. So I can't say that I ever, even when I was in, you know, the best shape of my life in high school, I don't know that I was ever just hanging out with my guy friends. Like, let's all guys, guys, <laughs> you want to take off your shirts and do some shots? What do you think? Let's. <laughs> Let's take off our shirts and look at slut pages for girls in our high school together. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Just spitballing here. Yeah. No yeah. shirts. <laughs> that's that's the operative part is the no shirts. No shirts, porn. How does everyone feel about this? <laughs> <laughs> Young teenager twin brothers here too. Yeah. How do we feel? We feeling good? <laughs> <sighs> so Nate's talking shit about McKay's female interest, Cassie, being a whore. Cassie's played by Sydney Sweeney, who is in White Lotus, which I loved. And she's got them big old titties, which we see, along with a video of her getting pounded from behind to prove that she's a hoe. There was a girl in my high school who had very large breasts, and she ended up getting a breast reduction because they were, like, destroying her back. Yeah. I don't think these are to that level, but they're, they're large. No. I mean, they're pretty close. Also, she's Lexi's sister of note. Yes. I don't know who's older or younger. That wasn't explained. Yeah, they kind of almost seem like just the same age. I don't know. Her and McKay do hook up at the party. We see Dembrestis's again. Yawn, where them butts at. And McKay chokes her. She freaks out, but then immediately is like, hey, it's cool. Just ask. (laughs) And McKay's super apologetic (laughs) and kind about it all. And dudes, are you listening right now? This is what ladies want. You can be dominant and freaky. Just be respectful and listen. That's all. Yeah. And I think this is this is kind of it's interesting because they do do a lot of talking about this is what people see in pornography. So when you're young and you don't really understand kind of what to do or you don't know what to do, like you just look to your guidance, which at that point was porn, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you were young like that. So like right now, I mean, I bet there's just a bunch of step bros trying to get their step you know, (laughs) for sure. Mom, you're stuck. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Back to Rue, who is walking to the party. There's a quick montage of her drunkenly crashing her bike a bunch, which was hilarious. Best part (laughs) of both episodes. It was so good. Yeah. And and then she gets picked up by Maddie and crew, who opine that they thought she was dead. Didn't know where the fuck she went. Dominant Daddy sticks his thumb down Jules' throat, uses Jules' spit up as lube, and fucks her for like eight seconds. That was the thing that happened. Mm Mm-hmm bad it was rough and bad to watch bad yes also i i couldn't figure out what i've seen this guy from and i finally just <laughs> realized that it was gray's anatomy mm-hmm. oh he was doing some gray things with anatomy here 
what I, are you trying to like reference like Fifty Shades of Grey, but also Grey's yeah. Anatomy, like no, kind of, just, just or you're just like you're just, just using gray. the word gray for fun? It's just gray. Okay, cool. It's not yeah. black. It's not white. It's gray. Yeah. All right. But here's the thing, Jules. What the fuck did you think was going to happen? His name is Dominant Daddy, and you meet him at a motel. You thought he was just going to kiss the tip of your pee-pee and call you beautiful, like rub your back and talk about makeup? Come on. No, he's obviously going to stick his whole fucking hand in your mouth and then put his pee-pee in your butt. That's hard. That's what happens when you, when you find a person on a, an internet hookup site and go to their house and just be like, hey, here, I, here I am. We've never met before, but have at me. Like I'm 22. Yeah, yeah, I just... Like, again, no. Do, should this have happened? No. Jules didn't say no. And no, this, also I mean, as, put as terrible as what this man did is, he's not technically like super in the wrong. You I know? mean, it's statutory rape, but he did ask. He's well, asked. Yeah, but like he were. asked, she lied about her age. There's a lot of factors there. Yeah. It's not good. None of it's good, and I don't want to see it again. You meet a girl on a, on a website, and she says she's 22. Like, what the, What are you supposed to ask for a birth certificate? Yeah, it's it's all sex in the, the modern age is hard. Anyway, Rue's at the party, snorts some drugs, because obviously, and then just mm-hmm. walks all over the walls. <laughs> this scene was like one of my favorite cinematography scenes. Everyone else is staying on the current plane where yeah. they are, according to how gravity works, and her fucking walking around the walls. I like still have no idea how they did that. <laughs> she must have had like magnet boots or something. Yeah, that's definitely it. Go 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 gadget boots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I really love when the show does weird shit like that and breaks yeah. the conventions of normalcy. Very cool. So the party's in full swing. Nate and Maddie are kissing up on two other idiots to try to make each other jealous. And also the song playing is I Know There's Going to Be Good Times by Jamie XX. And one of the lines in the song is I'm a ride in that pussy like a stroller. And I'm sorry, what are you going to do to my <laughs> vagina? <laughs> like, Why are we bringing a baby vehicle into this? Who who let him say that stupidity? What, is, what yeah. does that even mean? <laughs> I'm a ride in the pussy like a stroller. What? No. Anyway, Maddie tells the dumbass dude to have sex with her in the pool in front of everybody. <laughs> uh, but before that happens, we cut to Kat, who's in a room with McKay's little twin brothers and this mustache-having twat, Wes. She's a virgin, but she fronts how she's a slut and presumably ends up fucking at least Wes, if not the other kids, too. We didn't see it, but I repeat, where where were these girls in high school? I hope she didn't fuck those children. I don't know. I mean, you're right. We don't know. We don't know. But Fezco tries to talk some sense into Rue. Why is the slow ghetto talking kid the only smart one in this whole show? <laughs> I know, right? Riddle <laughs> me that, bro. All high all the time, dude, is just like the most level-headed person <laughs> in this whole place. Wild. So Maddie's banging this lughead in the pool. Mm-hmm, Nate Jacobs mm-hmm. sees, calls her a whore. She tells him to suck her dick. And then he storms back in the house with some real Kyle energy. He starts shoving shit everywhere and kicking people out of the kitchen so he can be a wone. But now I want to be a wone in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. But Jules has arrived at this point and kind of got stuck in the corner. And Nate, King Douche, that he is, corners her even further and shouts about how nobody knows who she is. Gotta hate Nate so much. <laughs> Jules grabs a knife, but then instead of slashing at Nate like she should have, slices her own arm. Quite the intro to town. <laughs> and then like leaves the rooms like, hey, I'm Jules. I just moved here. <laughs> just like the way she says it is so like cute and innocent. And the fact that she just like went fucking crazy and cut herself. And it's like, hey, I'm Jules. I just moved here. It's yeah. like really great. Mm-hmm. And Rue takes an immediate interest, which makes sense since she also likes to inflict pain on herself. 
She introduces herself outside, and Jules gives her a bike ride back to her place, where they clean up the cut all sexily. We get a shot of McKay cuddling with Cassie, Maddie's sleeping solo, and Kat lying awake on Maddie's floor, creeping on Wes's Insta, getting them post-coital blues. <laughs> Nate goes home, and we learn via family photo on the wall that, oh shit, his papa is none other than Dominant Daddy, a.k.a. Spit Lube Jules Fucker, and that is <laughs> awkward. Spit Lube Jules Fucker. Very, very awkward. The Jules-Nate relationship just got even more twisted. Oh, yeah. And we close out with Rue and Jules lying in bed and Rue asking, want to get high? <laughs> so much drugs. So many drugs. And it doesn't stop in nope. episode eight, which is titled, And Salt the Earth Behind You. And interestingly enough, this episode, however not the pilot, starts with a content warning. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be violence and nudity and sexual content. But honestly, nothing we haven't dealt with before. So here we go. And I would actually honestly say, like, this episode seemed to have less of that stuff than the first one. This episode was way lighter than the first yeah, it was one. Yeah, was much of, more tame. <laughs> it's like, what, like a dad dies in this one? Is that the is that the, the thing that's bad? And a maybe abortion? Like, that's it. And maybe an abortion? Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, the first one was way rougher than this, for sure. They must have got some feedback. They're like, hey, about that first episode, <laughs> you might want to put a warning. Yeah, but time. like, if you're going to upload it to HBO HBO Max or whatever, why wouldn't you throw one on there? You I know? don't. Yeah, if you're going to throw it on episode eight, why wouldn't you throw one on episode one? Nah, whatever. Well, Rue is in the hospital. She tells us that it's a kidney infection, but it sounds more like she just faked something to try and get some drugs. Yep. They try and give her Vicodin and she basically talks them out of it and says that, you know, she had some reason that she couldn't take that in the past. So she'd ra much rather try some other thing that I don't remember the name of. Same. But they, they won't give it to her. Her mom wrote on her file, like, has bad drug abuse issues and now they won't give her drugs. So they don't get anything. She gets Tylenol. Deal with it. <laughs> Apparently she's here for three days. Jules comes to visit and Jules left at some point, which we learn. But they do seem really close now. Like, obviously, they have spent this whole season developing a relationship here but now we're, we're back in jules room and i think this is probably at least a few days later or some time later they're getting dressed for what looks like a dance jules is dressing rue gets her gets her dressed up and is all excited about how she looks and and does her makeup which is basically just like sticking sticker stars on her face with some sparkles <sighs> Which is interesting to me, but also this this show won an Emmy for makeup design, so I guess I can't say much. Yeah, it's just this is very boomer of me, but all that extra glitter and face jewels that Jules wears, it's just like the weird circular eyelash accessories, it's just anti-drip. Like, uh, yeah, the Jules ones were like, I didn't mind Ruse. Yeah. The Jules ones were weird. It looked like she had a black eye. Yeah, just the like, first time I watched it, I was like, who beat up Jules? And then I was like, oh, no, she just is wearing makeup, weird makeup. Just let your natural face shine. It just, I don't, I don't know. It's just overboard. That's impossible. Just, just, just meh. But yeah, whilst they are getting ready, Jules is talking about some girl named Anna who she met while she was traveling mm -hmm. and hooked up with, apparently. Yep. Rue is clearly suppressing feelings for Jules at this point. So pretending not to care about this Anna thing, but obviously but very concerned about it. Yeah. They both say fuck Nate Jacobs for whatever reason. We don't know what happened in the middle mm. that made them really, really hate him. I mean, we have some reasons <laughs> that they should hate him, but like it, I feel like Rue in the beginning more, was yeah. like, meh. And then like now she's like, I fucking hate this dude. Yeah. So obviously something happened in the middle. Rue explains that she would kill him if she had the chance. We see her like shooting him while he's on fire in her mind. 
all very entertaining. But now we, we finally see the title card. Rhythm of the Night by DeBarge plays, which is fantastic. <laughs> Very good. And we are quickly after that whisked away to a church where family members are gathered and giving speeches to addicts about how their addiction is costing their family. Rue's mom is giving her speech and it's it's all about how much she loves Rue. And we can kind of put together from this scene and others later that this is a flashback from when Rue was in rehab. And... There are a lot of flashbacks in this last episode. Yeah, so the timeline's very wonky. Yeah, the timeline's a little wonky. It took a little getting used to. I watched it enough times where I think I have a general idea of what happened. So I'm just going to sing the Flash Gordon theme song whenever I think that it's a flashback. Okay. Enjoy. While her, her speech carries on, we start to come back to real time where Jules and Rue are coming downstairs to find Rue's mom and Jules's dad hanging out, having some wine, looking like they are enjoying each other's company. So that's something. But they decide to take pre-dance pictures because it's so important to capture our youth because <laughs> it is fleeting. Someday you'll be old and fat and no one will like you like me. Well, then we see a bunch of clips of everyone else getting ready for their evening. Definitely, definitely a dance brewing. We are like confirmed now. Cad is wearing red bondage style dress, which is intense. Then she cries about it. I don't know. No idea. Nate is going with some girl I don't think we've ever met. I don't think we've ever seen this girl before. I don't think so. But she's here now. Fez is getting ready to do something shady. He has a gun, says goodbye to his grandma. And then uh, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know what Fez is doing. He's nope. just all out and about following some dudes in a Chrysler 300M because that's what all cool gangsters drive, I guess. Yep. Uh, so at this point, everyone starts to arrive at the dance. Sitting at our main table, we see the six ladies that are most of the main characters-ish. Uh, we have Jules, Rue, Cassie, Maddie, Lexi, and Kat. We learn at this point as they're chatting that Rue has been clean for three months now. And it's been about six months since she got out of rehab. And we do find out later that this is like the winter formal or some weird thing like that. So it's been about six months since the start of the school year. This way, they're just chatting for a while. And then Jules heads to the bathroom to text Anna in the stall because she's like nervous about doing it in front of Rue, which rightfully so. What are you doing (laughs) out of your mind? So this was interesting. I must have missed this at all the school dances that I was at. Nate walks in and he has his hand just all the way up in his date's ass. And like you could see her whole ass is hanging out. I don't know what girl in the world would be just okay with her ass hanging out as she walks into a dance like that. I mean, I didn't hate it. I mean, it was a nice ass, but like, but why? Who, why, when, never. Into it. I don't know. Into it, into it, into it. But it's time for our first major flashback. Flash! So Nate is trying to ram his limp dick in Maddie, doggy style. It's rough to watch. We see his butt. His dick just isn't hard enough. Get it together, man. She makes fun of him for it. And then she questions his sexuality and says, like, you know, sexuality is a spectrum, man. And apparently we learned that he just had like a billion dick pics on his phone, which Uh is concerning, Nate. So they get in a fight. He looks like he's going to hit her. He kind of grabs her face. She starts to cry. And then he runs to take a shower and angrily jerk his dick in there <laughs> while Maddie decides to, to leave. But before she does, two things happen. She finds a DVD inside a book that she takes. And the other thing that happens is she runs into his dad and he says some weird shit about how they're not going to be good together and it's never going to work. And she's like, wow, this whole family is just fucked and then leaves. She's right. She's absolutely right. 100%. 
Now, so Nate was jerking it to himself in the mirror. You, you ever jerked it to yourself in the mirror, Dave? I can't say that I've done it in a mirror. I mean, typically when I'm jerking it, I'm doing it myself. Yes. But not in a mirror. I <laughs> no, do not want to see what is happening. Got it. No, so me either. But when I was 14, I connected my video camera to my TV so I could watch myself live in big screen. And to be clear, when I say <laughs> big screen, it's probably like an 18-inch TV. But listen, I was, four, I was 14. There's enough <sighs> distance in time for me to be able to openly be open and honest about what I did when I was 14. So, Do you remember... <laughs> Do you remember earlier in this episode when you said that you turned out normal? <laughs> yeah, but that was when I was 14. Now I don't even want to look down. I don't even want to look down when I'm going to town. I got to get one of those like dog cones that you put on a dog's head when they're sick. Like put that around my crotch so I don't have to see it. Once you pass 30, no one wants to look down. Yeah. No one. No one wants to see any of this. Yeah. But man, <laughs> man, oh man. <laughs> so now we're at a football game still in the past, I assume. And... Apparently, Nate's the quarterback, and the whole the whole game rests on his shoulders. So, I don't know. He's apparently good at football, and no one else is. Great. Yep. Congratulations. Not surprised. Back at the dance, finally back in, in the current, Maddie has locked eyes with Nate, who has got now both of his hands just so far up and inside his date's asshole. <laughs> I can't even fathom this. It's uh, crazy to me. Do you think there's anal penetration in every episode of this show? There must have. There must have been <laughs> two for two there so far. Must have been. <laughs> so at this point, Maddie's mad because for whatever reason, she just wants to make him jealous all the time. So she grabs another dude and just grinds grinds right up on him. And uh, and yeah, that just makes Nate real mad. You can see him angry about it. Rue goes to find Jules in the in the bathroom stall that she ran off to to text Anna, and she's still in there, just hanging out. Yep, pooping. But they do have a little heart-to-heart here. And Jules asks Rue, like, why haven't you kissed me? Like, what is wrong with you? Kiss me. That's that. They leave. Fez, though, followed those guys that he was following with that sweet Chrysler 300M. And it looks like some kind of deal's going down in a house that Fez is, is watching. Don't know what's going on with Fez. Yeah, no clue. But back to Jules and Rue, they head out to the dance floor. Kat asks a boy aside at this point. While Jules and Rue are off dancing. It's that little shit who shot Carl in The Walking Dead. He shot him in the eye. Oh, I did. Okay, cool. That little shit. Not the. This isn't the same guy with the that no, weird it is terrible not mustache in the beginning, right? No. No, okay, that's what I thought. But just make sure. So she apologizes to him for her jealousy at the carnival or whatever. He forgives her, says some nice things, and then kisses her. And that's the end of Cat's storyline. We don't see yep. any more of Cat. <laughs> But dance break. It just like cuts back to the dance floor. It's really intense. Maddie is dancing just so sexily that Nate gets mad and leaves. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I'm fucking out of here. I can't take it. My dick has never been so soft. <laughs> and Rue decides to follow him, presumably to check his flaccid penis. Flash. So Lexi, Cassie, and their mom are at the doctor now. Cassie gets called in. We don't know what for. She gets asked a bunch of questions. You know, you know, are you having any regrets? Does your mom do drugs? Do you do drugs? We learned that, you know, obviously we knew her mom was an alcoholic, but her dad also apparently did painkillers and heroin. So we haven't seen him. So I don't know if he died of that or he's just not around anymore. No yeah. idea. But uh, yeah, she, she doesn't have a second thought about her procedure. She's like, let's, let's fucking get after it. But we do cut back to the end of our, our football game. Nate is not getting any help from his wide receivers. How dare you not catch the good balls that he's throwing your way? 
he ends up having to run the ball himself to win the game because no one else is going to do it for him. Metaphor, David. Metaphor. Metaphor. Mm -hmm. Metaphor. If you didn't hear it the first three times. (laughs) Rue confronts Nate. She sees him outside. She's like, yo, Fez's house got raided, and I think you had to do with it. She threatens to go to the cops and, and tell them that his dad is a pedophile and sleeping with little girls slash boys slash everyone because he's a weirdo. And uh, Nate's like, yeah, fuck you. You're the worst. But you look you look pretty. <laughs> Flash. Ah. So Nate is home after the game. His daddy's mad at him because teamwork, obviously. <laughs> you got to count on your team, Nate, even if they're bad. They start fighting. Like, first yell fighting, and then fist fighting, and then eventually dad ends up on top of Nate on the bed, and then throws him onto the floor, and is on top of him on the floor, and then Nate's yells and anger turn to crying, and he's crying on the floor, and it's very sad, and I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, Nate thrashing around on the ground and banging his head was exactly like my toddler when we tell him that he can't watch Moana for a third time in one day. (laughs) Whoa, Nate. Whoa. You're acting like a baby. He fucking lost it. He (laughs) slammed his head on the floor many, many times, like straight up like the mom from Hereditary. Yeah. And then starts just tossing shit around and freaking out. His dad goes in the other room and you can still hear Nate freaking out. The dad's like, whoa, what just happened? Let me ask you this. Are we 100% positive that this is a flashback and not a flash forward? Interesting. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that it is a flash forward. I just like, I don't, we don't really know. We don't, there's no context to tell us if it's in the past or the future. We know it's not present, obviously, because he's at a dance. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing saying that this couldn't be in the future. Because they That's do true. say like this is his final game, so like it's a good point. If, if he's in this, if he's the same age as Rue, that's the junior year. So conceivably, his last game would be senior year. So, I mean, maybe he's older. We don't know, but yeah, that is also true that we don't know the ages. Like like the right. same thing where we're saying like Cassie and Lexi. We don't know if they're yeah. like one's a sophomore, one's a junior, or senior junior, or whatever. Yeah. Like, we have no idea. So, I'm just saying it could be a flash forward. You're, and, you are correct. With does, that doesn't necessarily need to be a flashback. Actually, none of these really. Yeah, I was going to say, same thing with Cassie. That I think Cassie might be a flash forward as well. I would say the only thing we could probably be confident is a flashback is Rue's mom in, in the church giving the speech thing. Yes, agree. Because that was like when she was in rehab, agreed. unless she goes back to rehab. But Which, yeah, possible. But no, I agree. But yeah, everything else is kind of, yeah, kind of up in the air. That is true. But we do see Maddie watch the DVD that she stole. She seems very startled by it. Yeah, we, but don't we see did that. not learn anything else no. about it. Sucks. No idea what's on there. Wanted to see some dicks. What the fuck? Yeah. Flashback ended. Flash ended. <laughs> Jules goes out to see Rue. She's sitting on the steps now because she's, I guess, a little shaken by the conversation she just had with Nate. I don't know. But she's just hanging out out there. They kind of chat and we learn that Jules loves Anna, but also loves Rue. And they talk a little bit about it, but then they end up kissing. And eventually, they just decide, let's leave. I mean, they want to leave the dance, but they also just want to like leave this town. Like, fuck this town and all the people in it. Let's get the fuck out of here. They do, but I think I want to be clear that this was Rue's suggestion. It was 100% Rue's suggestion. Okay. Just, want to, just want to make that clear. Agreed. For later. <laughs> yes. Flash! So Cassie gets her procedure, whatever it is. Uh, While it's happening, we see scenes of her ice skating. 
and scenes of Fez, I would assume, back in real time, breaking into the house of a doctor that he was just observing and stealing a bunch of his money. He pistol whips him a bunch of times right in front of his kid. It's all very intense. Yeah. But back to Cassie. So the procedure happens and the doctor's like, it's just going to be a little pinch. Can can we get all doctors in a room and just slap them across the face with a board and tell them to stop saying something is just going to be a little pinch? No, no, no it's no not. No shot has ever been a little no, pinch. It's not. You know it's not. You just stuck a camera in my pee hole. That's not a pinch. You just drove a fucking tank through my town hall. The only thing you can call a pinch is the little finger prick when you have to just get a tiny bit of yeah. blood taken. Right. That's it. It's going to be a little pinch. Anything that is like fully piercing and staying inside of me for a little bit, not a pinch. Hatred. Agreed. When all is, is said and done, Cassie gets up from her operating table and it looked like she was kind of in stirrups, which I would now, judging by where the doctor was and what she was going through, it would lead me to believe that this was more than likely an abortion. Yes. But yeah, so so that's that's interesting. But back in the real time, Jules and Rue pack up their things. They're getting ready to leave. They head back to Jules' house first, pack up a bag. Rue, like this whole time, is already having second thoughts about this pro- about this decision. But David, them riding their bikes into the light was one of the fucking most beautiful shots that I've seen in such a long time. Right? The cinematography, man. It was so like it was so cool looking. So good. Cut back to the dance where Nate heads back inside and calls Maddie a cunt, and they go dance. <laughs> Cool. These people are such a caricature of real people that exist. Yeah. The two of them and their whole relationship is is really like just like the quintessential. We know that this is terrible, but we can't stop. Yep. But the funny part is, is that shortly after that, we do see Nate's date leaving the dance for crying, I'm assuming, because she doesn't have anything up her butt anymore. <laughs> she goes back to the, the table and is like, I thought this would be a day that I'd remember forever. And <laughs> fucking Lexi's like, well, to be fair, you're probably still going to remember it forever. <laughs> It's like, yes, Lexi, you're the best. But yeah, so so we cut back to Fez, who I think is arriving home or arriving at a place. I don't know. Yeah, He's arriving somewhere. He gives some dude a bunch of cash and then another dude who looks a whole lot like Mike Tyson. And I think his name is Mouse, based on some text messages we saw earlier, is here. And it seems like he's like getting ready to decide whether or not to kill Fez. Mm-hmm. Which I'll be very disappointed if Fez dies. Fez, what did you do? I know. Like, what? what's going on? I don't even know. Rue and Jules back at the train station buy some train tickets. They're running to the platform while Rue the whole way is expressing her concerns over this plan. And Jules gets on the train and Rue is not on the train. And she's like, got her by the hand and she's trying to pull her on. And Rue just like, cannot do it. The train leaves. And Rue's still here, and Jules is gone. What the hell? It was your idea. You dragged Jules out there, and then you just let Jules leave on a train without you? What a rotten savage. No, 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 no. To be fair, to be fair, if I asked you to do something with me, and you were like, okay, yeah, sounds good. And then the whole fucking way there, I was like, ooh, uh, actually, you know what? I've been thinking about it, and I don't know if this is a great idea. I don't know. I'd be like, I don't too know. late. And you refuse to hear fucking anything and dragged me the whole way. Then yeah, fuck you. I know that we talked about it initially and I had the idea. But then when I'm my I could start thinking about it a little bit. I was like, oh, actually, this might not be a great idea. But you were so fucking locked in that that you wouldn't even listen to me. Well, tough luck. You got me out here. Nah, I got all nah, dressed nah. up and yeah, ready to go. Exactly. Tough luck for you. Goodbye. Wow. Disagree. Hard disagree. 
Rusev. I just like people make decisions and then and then after that have a moment to think about it and then change their minds. Like that's a thing that happens. Yeah, those people suck. I don't understand why Jules was so refused to hear the concerns of the person that she is potentially going to have a relationship with. I hear what you're saying, but Rue had to talk her into it in the first place. So how about this, Rue? How about you think before you speak? How about Barely. you think before you try to talk someone into doing something? I mean, obviously, Rue doesn't think before she does anything. Well, that's a problem. Well, if you're in a relationship with her, then you already know. Problem, bro. Well, flash. <laughs> so to finish up our flashbacks, which this one I think is a true flashback, Rue's mom is finishing up her speech back at the church, essentially saying that ultimately Rue is the one who can is the only one who can make decisions for herself. So she just have to hope that that she gives herself a chance and makes makes the right decision for herself. It's all all very uh, very nice and sad at the same time. But cut back to real time where Rue is spiraling. Uh, she's crying as she walks down the street, regretting either whatever happened with Jules and, and things that happened in her past and everything. We're kind of seeing quick snippets of, of memories that she's remembering of, you know, stealing her dad's drugs while he was sick. And, and then, you know, before that, being a loving family when everyone was, was fine and, and dandy and, and good times with Jules and then bad times fighting with her mom and everything. And then ultimately her dad dying all very intense all very quick we only saw in a few minutes just a lot of a lot of snippets of a lot of different stuff but finally she arrives home we see that top-down view that we saw the first time that she took cocaine of it laid out on her laptop and she kind of thinks about it for a second whether or not to do it and then she takes the hit and then one last crazy trip that we see she stumbles through her house and then she's kind of stumbling through her memories and then she's singing a song that's playing in the background while she crowd surfs on a choir. And then a marching band shows up. Then she climbs on a pile of corpse choirs and then falls off of it. And then that's the season finale of <laughs> Euphoria for season one. It's the weekend's Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show all over again. Yeah, basically. What a weird, weird, weird ending that I secretly loved. <laughs> I kind of really loved how she was lip syncing the song, right? Like a lot. Normally shows don't try and like put you into the brain of the person who is on drugs yes. in that way. And I really appreciated this show's kind of the way that they tried to achieve that by like just doing weird, like when you knew weird shit that was impossible to happen in real life was happening, you knew like, oh, we're kind of in Rue's brain, like experiencing what she is experiencing on drugs. And yeah. it's just really interesting. It was a really like cool it. way of doing it. Faux show. Now, David, we've covered a lot. But before we cover the questions about the middle that we guessed about, I think it's time for a center commercial. I think it is. Today's episode is brought to you by the Midwest Crime Files podcast. Gina and her husband, Chris, are a Midwest couple talking Midwest true crime with the tagline, small towns, heinous crimes. As an East Coaster, I can say with full indemnity that people from the Midwest are special. And I mean that both positively and negatively. Super, super nice. Give the sweaty farm shirt off their back type of person. But then they're also into weird stuff since they have nothing to look at but corn and dirt all day. I'm embellishing. But the point is that I can understand why the Midwest would be a hotbed for awesome true crime stories. One of my favorite episodes is the Munchausen Mom of Missouri which gave me serious HBO's Sharp Objects vibes. Now, I'm not the world's biggest true crime guy, but these two make it enjoyable with their cute husband and wife banter. And Michael, this is another podcast with a website. What the hell are we waiting for? Listeners, 
You should check out their website, themidwestcrimefiles.com. There are blog posts that accompany each episode so you can look at the face of the shitbag who committed the crime and go, tis, tis, naughty person, and read a succinct recap of the story. It's a great podcast, so head to the show notes, check out an episode or two, and then swing by their website and suggest a Midwest case you want to hear about in the future. You can do that. Mm-hmm. The Midwest Crime Files. Tell them Michael and Dave sent you. Now, David, speaking of crime, it would be a crime if our listeners didn't do what? It would be an absolute travesty if they didn't go to all of our social medias and post fun things or read the fun things that we post. They can go to Facebook or Twitter or, you know, our favorites, Instagram and TikTok at the underscore center underscore cut on those and just check out all the fun stuff we're posting. Yes, please. And as always, send us some feedback at the center cut cast at gmail.com or an audio message at podinbox.com slash the center cut. Dance break. Thank you. Bye. All right, David, we have some questions to help us guess about the middle of Euphoria season one from Reddit, starting with 10 cent pistol. What drug does mouse force Rue to do? I think it's that snowflake LSD like drugs that make you fuck good. That rat that Stan is talking about in the beginning. Mm. unfortunately i think the answer is h uh my logic here is that i think it's basically the one drug that rue wouldn't willingly do she's proven that she doesn't give a fuck in just the two episodes we watched so i just think heroin is the only one that would not be by choice and that she'd be forced to have to do interesting well 10 cent pistol also asks what drugs do cassie and maddie do at the carnival molly it's a party drug and i think that those two aren't really hardcore druggies like Rue. Plus, I bet it makes the lights when you sit atop the Ferris wheel look dope as hell. So it's a good carnival drug, Molly. <laughs> Next week on Drug Suggestions. <laughs> you going to a carnival? Uh, no, I think, um, yeah, I think this is cocaine. I think I'm going to I'm gonna link this to a later question, but I think it is a cocaine. Uh, uh, Cassie and Maddie don't strike me as coke people, but maybe. But maybe. Yeah, yeah they, they, they done did it for sure. Tencent Pistol also asks, what show does Rue watch while depressed? This is an interesting one because I could go either uh, kind of one of two ways on this one. Either you watch something that you want to kind of fall in line with your current emotional state. You know, like you are angry and listen to metal music. If you're sad. You want to kind of listen to sad music and be sad. Or you could just really be the complete opposite and try and like get yourself out of that funk. So I'd say that if she's trying to stay in that depressed state, then she is watching Euphoria. If she <laughs> is trying to get out of that state, I think it's something like cartoony. My initial thought was like Looney Tunes or like Tom and Jerry or something like that. Mm, okay. I went in a different direction. I, I think it's got to be something between 2007 and 2014 because I bet she used to watch whatever it was with her dad. So I think that she watches it now to remember the good times of sitting with him and, you know, probably rubbing his arm hair or some shit. Yeah, for sure. That's what I do with my dad. <laughs> so I know it's it's still on, but it was bigger back then. So I'm going to go with Survivor. I can see a middle-aged dad watching that and Rue would also get into it because it's a reality show. And ladies love reality shows for the arguing and the manufactured drama. Plus, she is a survivor, and that's probably part of her monologue about it. So I'm going to go with survivor. Disagree. <laughs> All right. Our last question from Tencent Pistol. What was Jules's Halloween costume? You ready for this? Yep. I think she dresses up like a football player. I think she figures out that she was analyzed by Nate Jacobs' dad, and she wants to show Nate who the dominant daddy is. 
So what better way to do that than dress up as that person? Now she's the dominant daddy. Yeah, like wouldn't you be pissed, Dave, if you showed up to a party and I was dressed up as you? Like especially if it was in like a mocking way, you'd be pissed. You'd be so mad. So I think she dressed there was, up as There was one Halloween that uh, my family went to like a family party. I was on the younger side and I dressed as my dad and my dad dressed as me. There you go. Me and Ashley dressed as each other too. I wore a skirt. That's not surprising at all. I'm just glad that you didn't call me out for saying analyzed, but <laughs> I didn't honestly not even surprised. Didn't even catch it. I think that she dresses up as Rue. That's my answer. Cause I think she like thought it would kind of be like a playful, funny little like, haha, they were like, I'm dressed as you. Look, mm-hmm. look, you're dressed like Seth Rogen and I'm dressed like you, Seth Rogen. So we both think that she dresses as someone in the high school though. That's pretty interesting. Yes. Cool. Next set of questions from. Chaparichuzi, C-H-H-A-P-R-I-C-H-O-O-Z-I, whatever that spells. Chaparichuzi. Who did Cassie dress up as Halloween? Oh, who did Cassie dress up as Halloween? (laughs) Well, who did Cassie dress up as on Halloween? Rue. That's my answer. (laughs) I think that we got to this party and there's like five Rues. (laughs) (laughs) No way. No. My answer's kind of dark, so get ready. Oh, no. Is it going to be abortion-related? No. Put that away, sir. <laughs> nope. Nope. Veto. Veto. You already made a 9-11 joke. No more jokes about abortion. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think she dresses up as that rapper, DaBaby. Now, number one, it's timely, though, because like it's DaBaby's bigger. Timely. Time. Yeah, timely. <laughs> mm-hmm. But number two, though, here's the thing. I don't think she does. She doesn't do blackface. So let's get that straight. Well, that's that. I mean, that's a plus, I guess. <laughs> but it is still a little cultural misappropriation-y. And obviously. And I don't think McKay is a fan. And I think they break up as a result of it and come to find out the baby that she's eating in the finale is McKay's baby. So it's foreshadowing. Here's an important question that was not asked of us. Where is McKay? <laughs> what happened to McKay? He was my favorite character. And now he's gone he's done with cassie because she's pregnant with his baby and she did almost blackface <sighs> poor mckay he seemed like a genuinely good person. he did yeah he's like oh i choked you i'm sorry i didn't know i'm so sorry i, I just thought that's what i was supposed to do i thought that you would like it i don't know what to do with my penis <laughs> what am i supposed to do with my hands while i'm fucking you am i supposed to do jazz hands like well come on yeah i gotta choke you it's the only option yep that's the only i mean where else am i supposed to put them like on the bed come on uh so our next question from chapter choosy who did Lexi dress up as on Halloween? This Halloween party must have been important. Apparently. I think it's ironic that Lexi seems to be like the goody two-shoes of the group. And she's like the least bad bitch, like catch me outside, how about that type? Like she's <laughs> she's kind of, she's nice. But, so, but I think she is the one of the group that dresses slutty for Halloween and the rest of them are all goofy shit. So I think oh, it's kind of interesting. Ironic. So you think that like she's the one who just goes... Goes full slut. Yeah, I think she goes for the quintessential, like, I want to dress like a refined hoe costume and goes as Marilyn Monroe. Oh, interesting, interesting. I think she dresses up as Rue. <laughs> I think that there is a there is uh, a funny scene of Cassie and Lexi coming out of their rooms at the same time and realizing that they are both dressed as Rue, and then they get to the party and Jules is also dressed as Rue, and it's hilarious. <laughs> it's no so funny, way. guys. There's it's no so hilarious how this happens, and it's so great. Uh, I like it. If Euphoria was an episode of The Office, this is what would happen. <laughs> Fair. Next question. When Nate hurt Maddie physically, who did he blame it on in front of the police? The only argument I can make is 
So he wouldn't have blamed it on his dad. That's like the obvious answer, right? Dominant daddy. I don't think he would have blamed it on his dad. I don't either, though. But I think that's like the that's the first thing that came to my mind. But I, don't I also so. obviously don't think that he would take ownership for it. No. I, so I think he blames. He somehow figures out a way to blame McKay, and he's in jail now, and that's where he went. Mm. Like, where the fuck is McKay, guys? He was a prominent character in the first episode, and now he's gone. Yeah, I had a tough time answering this one. I don't hate your answer, but I, I actually think he blames it on Maddie. I think that he claims that she did it to herself to try to frame him. And because he's big man on campus, the boys in blue fall for his stupid story. And Maddie kind of goes along with it, too, because she feels trapped, kind of. And and, it, and it's all very horrible. And I hate Nate Jacobs. I just I hope that he got a concussion when he slammed his head on the ground repeatedly and cried like a toddler. But I think he blames it on her. Agreed. Maybe it's just all the concussions that he's had from doing that, that now that's why he's so fucked up. Yeah, could be. He's just like lost all humanity. Could be. He's just like a dick robot. <laughs> all right. Our next question from Chapper Juicy. Which carnival ride did Cassie orgasm on when she was high? Well, no matter what ride it was, we know she turns that shit into a dunk tank with her self-proclaimed WAP. But I am going to go with the merry-go-round or carousel or whatever you want to call it. I think it's got to be something that she can mount and grip her little lips around the up as it goes down. up and down. Yeah, just her little lips around it. It just makes too much sense. But Did I'm you just also, say wrap her lips around it? Her little lips, yeah. And that it's it was unpleasant, and I apologize. But I'm angry. <laughs> but that's my answer. Interesting. I think that she has sex on the Ferris wheel. Here's an interesting thought. What if she has sex on the Ferris wheel? And because she has sex on the Ferris wheel, she gets pregnant with McKay's baby. And he's so surprised at the fact that she orgasmed that he falls off and dies. <laughs> you can't orgasm. I didn't choke you. What the hell? Yeah. yeah. Or maybe he orgasms so hard that like he just like <laughs> lost control of his body and fell off the Ferris wheel. Could be. Could be. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Next question, or last question from Chapper Choosy Choosy. What food did was sold as a means to sell drugs at the carnival? <laughs> did Fesco ask this question? Chapper Choosy. <laughs> How high were you when you asked this? What food did was sold, bro? What food did was sold? So my answer, I'm pretty confident in this one. Funnel cake with what looks like powdered sugar, but it is cocaine. Wow. Hmm. No one to catch that shit. See, at first, I was going to say cotton candy. But the more I thought about it... How would you put drugs in cotton candy? Well, no. You just say, hey, I want cotton candy, and they give you drugs. Oh, That's I what understand. I think it's asking. But, but here's the thing. The more I thought about it, doesn't it have to be something that people wouldn't normally be asking for? Because if you get some rego, be like, oh, oh it's this cotton, is cotton candy, candy line. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. And they just, they just hand candy, you MDMA. Like, oh, I cool. actually don't have any real cotton candy, <laughs> sir. I just have this drug called cotton candy that makes you fuck real good. Yeah, so I bet it's something that people wouldn't normally order. It has to be something that no one would ever order. It's like, gotcha. So it's like, like someone goes to the carnival and orders a meatball sub or, or like a meatball sandwich. Something yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, meatball yeah. sandwich. Yeah. No. So it's, yo, can I get one of them fried popsicles? Because that would just melt, right? Like you can't have a fried popsicle. There's fried ice cream. Deep fried popsicle. Final answer. Fried ice cream is a thing. I'm sure fried popsicle could be a thing, although it wouldn't be because it would be fruity, but also salty and weird. That's like the only answer I've given this whole time that I feel like could be right. I don't know, because what if someone normal orders funnel cake? Then you give them a normal funnel cake. But how do you know if they're normal or they want drugs? You can tell. <laughs> they wink when they order funnel cake. <laughs> Our next question from Dear Imagination 128. What was the tattoo that Rue and Jules got together? 
I was originally like, oh, the two turtle doves, like in Home Alone 2, because they, <laughs> like, they want to be inseparable. But then I remembered that these kids were born like 10 years after that movie came out. Yes. I wouldn't be caught dead tattooing something from the 70s on my body. So I just, there's no way that they got that. So yes, here's the thing. Some rapper just got the Powerpuff Girls tattooed on himself. And he said the reason was because he was having threesomes for like a month straight. A, I don't understand that logic. There's no logic there at all. (laughs) That leads me in the direction of some cartoony duos. So I am going to go with Phineas and Ferb. It fits (laughs) the timing. It's Disney, which is a Zendaya nod, and I've never actually seen it. It probably sucks as an answer. It makes no sense, it's, but but I mean, you, but my let me tell you, Phineas and Ferb is the fucking hilarious. Well, that's my answer. I could just straight up watch Phineas and Ferb right now. It's funny shit, man. I was trying to think what like brought them together or something that they shared or something that like was important to the two of them. Nature. And what I hearkened back to <laughs> drugs. No, was uh was the the first night that they met after Jules had cut herself and decided she was going to leave. Rue asked if she could go with her and then they shared a, a cute bike ride and we saw the bikes a number of times in in a number of different scenes and stuff of them biking together and that first scene of them riding together and Zendaya holding on to her and everything. So I feel like it's just like a cute little bicycle. Both of them got a cute little bicycle. I don't hate that answer, David. See, sometimes you just got to be cute. You mm-hmm. know? Next question from Imagination Man or Woman. Or something else on the spectrum. Next question from Dear Imagination. What happened to Jules when she went out of town? I, I, if she, I mean, she met Anna and done, done fucked her. But I don't know what. I mean, she, she met the quote unquote love of her life right now. She's obsessed with her. That's my answer. See, I, I think this might be referring to how the finale ended. And this dips into season two territory, and this person is just confused. Oh, you think so? But I also have not seen season two, so Jules could have went out of town in the middle of this season as well. So, like, you think, like, the train doors closed and season one ended, and then season two picks up with uh, the camera in the train car, and you see see Jules standing at the door. No, and then not, it pans, not and there's no one else on the train except Domination Daddy. No, that's and not then what like, I'm saying. And no. like, it's like, oh, shit. No, that is not what I'm saying. But I think no matter what, I'm going to go ahead and guess that it was some sort of sexual assault because that seems to be in every damn show or movie we watch now these days. And frankly, I'm sick of it. It's everywhere. Who are these creepy ass losers out here sexually assaulting people? Is that real life? I just I would not even dream of not getting consent. I wish I could just suss these shitbirds out and break all their kneecaps. Know that I would. I'm an I'm an ally for sexual abusers. No, I'm an ally for people. <laughs> I, what's the opposite of ally? I am that for sexual abusers. <laughs> I can't wait to do a little bit of snippet from the show where you just say I'm an ally for sexual abusers. <laughs> I'm an, I'm the opposite of what an ally is. I'm an enemy. An enemy of sexual, of abusers. sexual abusers. Yeah, I mean, like, get your shit together, and it's but the that's worst. The that's the answer. Yeah, it's worse. It's it's the worst. But yeah, you're you're probably right. Something bad. They wouldn't ask this question if it was like she found twenty bucks. <laughs> like <laughs> something bad happened. And judging by the rest of the show we've seen so far, I wouldn't be surprised if it was that bad. Yeah, she bought the latest Macklemore CD and got some ice cream. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> She got off the train, and then someone just handed her a present, and then she went and saw a nice show. (laughs) Uh, So, our last question from Dear Imagination 128, what were there multiple pictures of that Maddie found on Nate's phone? 
because there's dicks there's dicks on nathan's phone i said there's dicks from dudes he's probably bone they said there's dicks on nathan's phone and i know that i'm right you son of a bitch <laughs> i mean we know it was dicks I mean, it was sticks. 100%. And also, maybe like two or three boobs sprinkled in to try and like throw him off the scent. <laughs> but it was dicks. He's into dicks. And that's fine. I mean, or there's some weird explanation for it. Yeah, or maybe I that's mean, just, maybe that's how he learned math. Like he just had flashcards of dicks, like one Or dick, maybe that's just dicks. like a funny thing he does with his friends, just like setting up a penis for fun. Yep. Well, David, that was Euphoria season one. Interesting show. What are we going to rate it for center counts? Oh, man. If I rate this based on the quality of the material, the acting, the writing, the cinematography, then it would be like an unreal score. It's very well done. Yes. Very, very well done. It just made me so sad. I watched both episodes and then for like the rest of the day, I was just irritable and annoyed and just kind of generally depressed. And I mean... If that's your jam and you want entertainment that does that for you, then this is what you need. This yeah. is what you want because it's it's made beautifully and all the acting is very good. I just, it's not my thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take a few points off for that, but I'm still going to rank it pretty high because I think it's very good. I, so I think I'm going to go a five, five out of seven. I agree with most of what you said. I'm going to go a three out of seven. Wow. Boomer, shut up. I get it. Like you said, though, like the way the story is told, inventive. Awesome. I want more of it. Cool as shit. But the story itself, like it's just it's played out. It's tropey. Stop glorifying drugs. Sex is cool. But watching a bunch of supposed 17 year olds do it makes me kind of feel conflicted. I don't think that this show is next to necessarily glorifying drugs. But I, I, I mean, it's, it's on the border. I get it. Yeah, I just I wish it was a different story with the same storytelling. Because if it was, then, like you said, it would be a six or a seven. I didn't hate it. It's just not made for me. And that's fine. Not everything is for everybody all the time. Remember, I that. just I gave it more points for the quality of it yes. than you did. So three out of seven for me. But David, we are done with Euphoria season one for now. What do we have coming up next? Coming up next, we're going to cover a quiet place with now try this. Yes, Marcus and Nick. This is like many months in the making, but finally we get to do it with them. Finally, we got those boys locked down, and on August 31st, two Wednesdays from today, you are going to be hearing us with them coming at you, talking about a movie with no talking. <laughs> I recorded the first 15 minutes. There is zero talking. Really? Zero words are spoken. Wow. There's only a little bit of sign language. Wow. And that is it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But before that, we are going to have a center chat, and we're going to go a little different this time. One, because we couldn't think of a good center chat for Euphoria that wasn't depressing or inappropriate. But also, Michael's going on vacation, and we don't have a ton of time to record it. So, what we are going to discuss is which five characters at Disney World we're most likely to slowly grind on while they take pictures with us. <laughs> In case you didn't catch that the first time. What it is, is we are each going to pick for each other the five characters that we think the other are most likely to grind upon at Disney World Why they are taking our touristy picture with us. Wow. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing I'll talk about in the episode. I think it still is a Euphoria Center chat. <laughs> oh, you, you have a connection, eh? We'll get there. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, then it's a Euphoria chat, guys. Enjoy. 
But that's coming at you next Wednesday. Looking forward to that. We just listen. If you're here, if this is your first time, if this is your hundredth time, we love you. Yeah, you're the best. And we love that you keep coming back. And we would just love for you to continue to do that. And if there's anything you ever want us to do or anything you ever want us to cover, email us or message us or do whatever in any of the things. Yes, please. But to finish things out, like the time between your Nate relationships when you're just fucking everything that has legs, it's always better in the center. (laughs) 